0: Hey everyone and welcome to the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. On this episode, we're going to be diving into episodes 220 through 226. A couple short filler arcs and a little bit of canon material. So we'll be covering the Ocean's Dream arc as well as the Foxy Returns arc. And like I mentioned, there are actual portions of the manga covered here from chapters 303 and 318. So these serves as the last few episodes that kind of bridge the gap between the next big arc that we start after this episode as always I won't be diving too heavily into these as mostly fillers I just don't really like talking about them with the exception of a couple small bits in the two foxy filler episodes which I'll cover towards the end Alright, so synopsis. While anchored at an island after leaving Long Ring Long Land, all of the Straw Hats, with the exception of Robin, have lost all their memories prior to meeting each other. And it's up to Robin to figure out what happened and keep all of them together. Then, after that, Foxy returns, this time having lost his crew again, and Luffy helps him to get his crew back. Alright, so differences. Yes, there are quite a few differences because there is a small portion of the canon material that is being covered. So they're mostly regarding the two scenes involving the introduction of Admiral Aokiji. The first scene takes place much further back during the end of Skypiea, just after the scene with the Flamingo and Bellamy. And so yeah, this scene has been delayed quite a bit compared to its manga counterpart. And like I mentioned in the last podcast episode, this whole story section with Aokiji and his introduction was a direct continuation from the end of the Davy back fight and instead of the whole random story with the shipwreck survivors needing help across the ocean, this was actually how Tonjit originally got back to his people. Instead of burrowing with his random grandson showing up, Aokiji actually freezes the ocean with his ice age technique and this is what allows Tonjit and Sherry to get to the other islands in Long Ring Long Land to catch up to his people. Also, How they come across Aokiji in the first place is obviously different. As in the manga, Tonji kind of runs into him, as opposed to Chopper running up to him. In addition, the island where all this takes place is obviously different as well. In the manga, this all takes place on Long Ring Long Land. But in the anime, this happens on some sort of a different unnamed island. Alright, so getting into my thoughts. Starting off with the Ocean's Dream arc, to be honest, I actually somewhat enjoyed this one. There's not much action to speak of, and it's a very much a character-driven storyline. But because these characters have been so well built up and defined up till now, they actually have a lot of fun with the fact that they've lost their memories, but they're still very much themselves. It makes for some really fun interactions between the crew members But you also get to see how inherent their relationships that they've developed are. And that no matter if they've lost their memories, they'd probably all find their way back to each other. With the exception of maybe Nami because her distrust and hatred of pirates is just far too strong before she met Luffy. It was also very nostalgic seeing all of them revert back to the way they were back when they first met each other. And to see just how far they've come in growing and changing as they've all adventured together up to this point. I think the thing that struck me is just how kind Sanji always is no matter what. As well as Usopp will always be trying to pull one over on people. Chopper always wants to help people even if he's scared of them. And Luffy is always just going to be Luffy. All these episodes are really great in just exploring these characters in a way that we really haven't seen them. But I think it's really interesting that Robin is our protagonist for this story. Since she knows the least about the crew as she has no idea what happened between all of them prior to Alabasta. I do love the part where she tells them all about what happened that she's heard in Alabasta. And Luffy is so disappointed about not being able to remember all the crazy stuff they've encountered in Alabasta and Skypiea. Even though a few of the things Luffy never even got to see himself anyway. So he, he would have no memory of them at all anyways. I also really did like that feeling of being so invested in these characters that you hate to see them lose their friendships. And you want them to regain their memories so badly as well as see how they'll react when they do remember and I thought that was a really interesting aspect to this sort of story arc. The villain of the story is pretty generic and boring as it has a really weird motivation that has nothing to do with anything other than to steal people's memory to become a millennial dragon or Ascendant you, which is a weird callback that I'm not even sure was an intentional or not to the very first filler arc of One Piece. But this was just a magical seahorse that wanted to become one of those millennial dragons. And I'm just really confused by all of that. Like, is this some sort of a magical race of dragons that everyone seems to know about and and is wishing for their powers? Yeah, it's very strange. I, I don't even know what to make of that, to be honest. The seahorse eventually gains control over Zoro and pits Zoro versus Luffy for the second time. But this time it's done way less entertainingly and more, like, almost nonsensically. Zoro unbelievably lands a finishing blow on Luffy and even cuts him in the chest but I mean seriously though if Zoro actually landed a finishing blow on Luffy he would cut him in half for sure. So the fact that Luffy survives these with just shallow cuts after taking Zoro's Sekai or the 3000 worlds is the stupidest thing ever and just really done for almost like fan service or fan fiction type uh, uh, writing. Yeah it's just really bad. Towards the end of the arc though there is some bit of setup with Robin and the feelings towards her past but it's so loose that you really can't draw any conclusions from it but it becomes a little clearer why she reacts the way she does when everybody else's past important people manifest themselves after you've seen more of Robin's backstory. You also get a tiny glimpse of this at the very end when she's thinking about her memories and Chopper interrupts her and asks if she's okay but there's not really not really much to it more than that. I think they just sort of want to throw some little crumbs in there but also have some sort of a plausible deniability. But yeah with that let's move on to the next mini filler arc which is the Foxy Returns arc. And so this arc is so stupid and unnecessary it's really just a poor excuse to pad out some time before they return to the canon material. But again for some reason with Foxy they keep Integrating the canon material, so you can't just completely skip it. It also rehashes the same story elements, jokes, and gags, and it just becomes really tiresome. I will highlight a few things that I did kind of enjoy. I do love the scenes of Chopper and Robin cutely playing board games. That was really nice to see. (laughs) Also, the scene with Zoro and Sanji arguing with each other about having knocked Nami down to save her... And then Zoro continuously messing up his sword catching <laughs> because Sanji keeps kicking somebody or kicking him. And yeah, that, that part I thought was really funny. As well as where uh, Usopp and the enemy doctor faking being hurt to get cheap shots on each other is pretty hilarious too because it it happens one too many times and that in and of itself makes it really funny for some reason to me. And then in episode 226, once they fall into Foxy's trap, At 5 minutes and 42 seconds in the Crunchyroll stream, we get the infamous clone Zoro continuity goof. Where you can see Zoro to the left of the frame defending Luffy from Foxy's sword attack. And then again to the right of the frame standing with the others looking on is another Zoro. It's like, how does this happen? I I don't understand how you could look at that and how no one caught that mistake. But anyways, yeah, the rest of the episode is so stupid and not really worth talking about. Until we get to the very end of that episode... So I'm just going to skip right ahead to the good part. So the final portion of this episode or this podcast is going to be dedicated to the canon material contained in episodes 225 and 226. So as I mentioned in episode 72 of the podcast that there was a scene that didn't get covered in that part of the story like it was in the manga. And it reappears here in 225 at the very beginning with the Marines and the Gorosei as they panic among the soldiers develops to the whereabouts of Admiral Aokiji. While the Gorosei are just kind of mildly annoyed at Aokiji's sort of lackadaisical attitude given his very high-ranking position. We then cut to said Admiral Aokiji, but we only get to see a shadowy silhouette of him. Uh, We've already seen him and his ice devil fruit powers on full display in the opening, which is a bit of a bummer in terms of spoiler because this was really shocking and cool to discover this in the story. He's also curiously shown riding a bike on the ocean, which is crazy, and that he has his eye on Luffy as he looks on his bounty poster. Jumping ahead a bit, later on once we finish the Foxy arc, once and for all, we get to the point where the straw has actually run into Aogiji himself, and upon laying eyes on him, this is the first time we actually see Robin freak out and is terrified to her very core and even falls over. This has quite the shock value considering up till now, We've never seen Robin lose her composure. I mean, even upon the brink of death against Crocodile or facing down Enel. But this Aokiji has her knees buckling at the very sight of him. And one thing that's striking about him is that while he still looks like a normal human, the man is tall, like intimidatingly huge. And this is a huge introduction as we see one of the strongest forces in the world of One Piece and the series, the Marine Admiral's debut for the first time. Even though the G8 filler makes a passing reference at Akainu, this is really the proper first time we're introduced to the concept of the Marine Admirals. But with that, in the next podcast, we'll go over more on just why this guy warrants this kind of intro and reverence as we will see. And I honestly can't wait to talk more about Aokiji as he is one of my favorite characters in the series. But yeah, if you did enjoy this, send me a like or comment. And if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching One Piece, please consider subscribing. Check out my Instagram and Twitter account at SunnyGoPodcast if you want updates on when I post new episodes or see some pictures of my manga collection. No spoilers this week as I'm probably going to lump in all the spoiler talk between Robin and Kichi into next week's episode. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. Stay safe out there and I hope to see you on the next episode. Bye!